Hello and welcome to another episode of the Overcoming Life Podcast. Alright, so I, to be, I don't know guys, I'm kind of enjoying the uh, the musical interludes that we're, that we're having. Um, we have been talking a little bit about what it means to be an overcomer. And the last couple episodes, we were laying the foundation for what does that mean? How do we become overcomers in uh, this life? And the book that we are reading is a book from Dr. Stephen Jones. You can find it at godskingdom.org if you want to read it and study it for yourself. There is also a lot of other material on there that you might find helpful for you as you continue to grow in your relationship with the Father. With that being said, there is a lot of cool stuff that I want to talk about. And it's in chapter two of this book. And specifically, we're going to be talking about David's wilderness training. And this, it won't be super long. It's not going to be a super long one. It'll actually be probably shorter than most of the other ones. But it is going to be compact, guys, with information that you uh, should understand if you are searching and pursuing a life uh, of an overcomer, if you want to overcome. And now, what does it mean to overcome, guys? And I think that there's, I want to say it's in Revelations. I I actually got to pull it up right here. I want to say it's in Revelations. Revelation chapter like 3 verse 21. Let me go ahead and take a look at this real quick. In the book of Revelation. Mm, I like how you say that. Revelation. In chapter 3 verse 20, uh, 21. Okay. So in Revelation chapter 3 verse 21, the scripture says, To him that overcomes. And this is uh, the King James Version. So it says, Overcometh. Got to add a TH to everything if you're reading the King James. It makes you more spiritual. Him that overcometh will I grant to sit, to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and I sat down with my father in his throne. The wording of that is like really weird. Okay. But you guys get it. And then he goes on to say, he that hath an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit saith unto the churches. So we're going to get really specific, guys. And so what, it, what does it mean to overcome? It means to live a life that looks like Jesus' life, right? It means the dying to selfish uh, desires, wants, needs. It means uh, laying down your life. It means learning and growing in wisdom, truth, and understanding. It means uh, doing the will of God ultimately is is the purpose, um, and what what it looks like to live like Jesus, to live like Christ means to not do your own will, but to do the one uh, will of the person who sent you. And who is that? Of course, that is that would be the Father. So no one who is well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I want to say this. Yeah, I mean, here's a good question: Can someone who is not born of the Father, do the will of the Father? That is an excellent question. I, I'm i going to go off, I don't know, because then there are certain people who do his will who are not in his will. 
I don't know, guys. This is a great question. So that's a question for you guys. If, if you guys want to throw an answer in, let me know what you guys think. Is it possible for someone who is not born of the Father, who is not born again? I believe that everyone has the potential to be born again. I believe that the pot- potential is rooted in each human being. But that potential needs to combine with hearing, the hearing of faith. And it is the potential and the hearing of faith, uh, the potential that God has already placed inside of us. It's not, it doesn't come from us, but it comes from him. Um, I think those two together, I think that produces Christ. And the scripture says that a person must be born of water and of the spirit. And I don't believe that they're talking about a physical water or physical washing because uh, physical washing literally does nothing for you um, with regards to being born again. Uh, but, you know, for the sake of people who want to do it, you know, it's an indicator for other people. Sure, that's great. If that's something that you want to do, then, you know, go for it. It's the washing, right? But it is a Jew, it is, I wouldn't say it's a Jewish custom. I would just say it's an old, ancient custom to wash uh, the cleansing of one's body before you um, come close to God. And remember, this is exactly the same type of washing that God had the Israelites do when they came out of Egypt. Remember, they came out and they were supposed to go to the mountain. And he was like, hey, hold up. Before y'all come to the mountain, make sure y'all wash up and, and clean on your armpits and stuff. Don't come to my mountain smelling funky. And that's basically, I, I don't know, I'm obviously paraphrasing what it what he's saying. But, um, you know, they needed to go wash. And so in the same way, before they entered into the temple... They had all these washing places around the the temple, uh, specifically the second temple, uh, for people to go in there and wash themselves before they went into the temple. So, um, I don't know. I don't exactly know how we got on that. We're talking right now. We're talking about David's wilderness training. Okay, and so you might feel like um, you might feel as if you are trying to overcome in your life. You might feel that there's something wrong with the system. You might feel that there's something wrong with the institution. And because there's something wrong, um, you might find yourself almost like rubbing up against the doctrines. You might find yourself rubbing up against um, institutional uh, ideology. And if that is you, then um, you're going to want to pay very close attention to this particular teaching. Uh, We're going to be talking about David, and really, uh, I would like you to see if you can see your life in David's life, because he is a type. David is a type and a shadow of, a prophetic type of the church who will rule with Christ, who will rule uh, in the tabernacle's age. Um, Okay, so... David was in the wilderness and in the cave in order to bring him to a place of maturity. You have to learn how to grow up, guys. You have to learn how to mature. And David needed the character of Christ in order to be able to rule the people wisely and with justice and righteousness. There are so many Christians out there who believe that they will inherit the kingdom of God just because they believed. Belief alone does not... Uh, assure you the inheritance and the rulership in the kingdom. A lot of people don't understand that that 
there only a few people will rule with Christ. And I'm not saying well, he says the way to life is 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 narrow. Right. Um, and those who find it are few. Right. And so we're talking about the inheritance of the kingdom of God. We're talking about ruling with Christ in his second coming and belief in Jesus and just raising your hand, saying a prayer, going to church and reading your Bible uh, on Wednesday nights. That that's that's not going to cut it, guys. We have to be learning how to be mature and how to submit our lives to Christ, uh, doing all of these things. Even if you're out preaching the gospel, you might be out healing people, the sick. You might be doing all of these things. But Jesus says, um, depart from me. I never knew you. And that's in uh, Matthew chapter chapter seven, verse, I think, 21. So uh, he says, depart from me, you who work lawlessness. You never learned uh, to understand the law. You've never understood justice. You never understood mercy. Jesus said to the Pharisees, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And yet there are so many teachers, preachers, evangelists, people out there who are teaching a gospel that is not about forgiveness, love, and mercy. In the end, for the person who does not make a choice, right, they don't get forgiveness. They don't get mercy. They don't get love. They don't get compassion. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so one of the and the reason I bring up that example in particular is because it's just it's always on my mind to correct the ideology that God, God himself, the creator of the universe, who is all power, all good, all just, all righteous, would allow people to suffer eternally for finite sin and a finite sin that they were subject to from the very beginning of their conception. There is no free will in that, guys. We are not free until God has placed his seed inside of us, Christ. And in Christ, we are free to live as God has created us to live. Apart from Christ, you have no will to deny sin or to deny, to deny the flesh. Show me someone who can who can do that. Show me someone who does not have Christ in them who can deny the flesh and who can deny the sinful nature. And even Paul talks about it. He says that there are some people out there who uh, who do the asceticism and they have this idea and this form of godliness, but they, they deny the power thereof. They deny the power by which and of course that power is Christ, right? So he's saying that it's really their own souls that are doing that. It's really them doing it on their own, trying to gain some, I don't know, higher ascension or higher consciousness or higher whatever, but it's apart from uh, true understanding. It's apart from true wisdom, right? Not doing something doesn't rid a person of the of their heart issues. You understand um, not eating a certain meat, not eating a certain meat or not doing a certain thing. It's, it's not the external application of these laws that changes us. That doesn't change you. It is 
the work of Christ alone in you and your submission to him. But how do you submit to him except but by taking his yoke upon you and learning from him? That's what he says to do. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly at heart, and you will find rest for your souls, right? And so if you follow the teachings of Jesus, then you will learn forgiveness, kindness, mercy, proper judgment, um, sacrifice, love, humility, meekness, kindness. I already said kindness, gentleness, all the fruits of the spirit, if you follow him and if you're learning from him. But if you're not, um, it sounds harsh, but you should not be expecting anything from God with regards to reward of the kingdom if you're not learning these things. And I'm not talking just about a head knowledge. I'm talking about it changing your heart. I'm not talking about kids and teenagers on TikTok who think that they know it all. I'm not talking about people, uh, uh, pastors, teachers who have written books, who who think that they have it all figured out uh, from a fundamentalist point of view. No, I'm talking about people um, who have allowed uh, themselves to submit to God, genuine submittance to God, and putting out their doctrines, their ideas, their teachings, with an open hand towards God instead of saying this is what God wants. Um, many times belief systems can become idols for people. And if it's an idol in your heart, uh, for, for example, I, w- I always bring it up, the, the hellfire doctrine, the fact that God, uh, quote unquote, wants t- uh, doesn't want to see people in hell, but will send them to hell. Well, God doesn't send brother. God doesn't send people to hell. Yeah. Uh, no, he doesn't send people to hell. Uh and, you know, they'll say, well, he, people, he, they choose to go there. No one chooses to, no one chooses that, guys. No one would choose to be burned in hell, quote unquote, for eternity. Now, some of you guys haven't heard my teachings on um, the restoration of all things in which we go over the fact that uh, hell is a construct, a tradition of man, which is, um, so void of understanding of of God and so far from the character of God it's um when you under when you get the understanding it it actually breaks your heart that people actually teach that God would be willing to let people actually preach this stuff they'll tell little kids hey, if you pick up that penny it's not yours you steal it you're going to burn in hell forever how, how about that for uh some child abuse and spiritual abuse um torment God uh, does not work with torment, guys. God is not looking to torment people. Um, no, that is not him. That is not as his character. He does rule with justice. He does rule with righteousness. But he does not rule uh, with torment over people. Nowhere in the law. Uh, torture is not prescribed as a means of punishment, ever. Torture is never prescribed as a means of punishment. I don't know exactly why I'm hitting so hard on that. But it's on my heart to, to say, and that's that's what I want to say. And I don't know, maybe some of you out there are still teaching it or still believing it. Um, and nothing I can say will change your mind, but I hope that the Spirit of God uh, will convict uh, your heart to at least go pursue 
an understanding of the truth. And if not, uh, go just go back and listen to some of my other teachings. There's one, I believe it's called The Restoration of All Things, and there's one that's called Will God Save All? Will God save all people? Will God save all men? Will God save all of his creation? Or is he a liar when he says, let us make man in our likeness and our image? Does he, does he intend to make man in his likeness and our image? Are we all made in the likeness and image of God? Uh, are we all yet manifesting that reality? Uh, does the Bible lie when it says that in Adam all die, but in Christ all shall be made alive? Or is, or is, uh, is God a liar when he says uh, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord? The whole earth. And one of the early church fathers says that man is earth in a suffering form. We were all subject to sin, death, despair, disease, rape, violence, hatred, passion, desire that's against God. We were all born into a world uh, where the wrath of God is uh, is just on us naturally. Just we haven't even done anything. You're born into this world like that. That's not fair for us to, okay, well, you, you lived in the jungle and you didn't accept Christ and read the Bible. Eternal torment is hell. Well, brother, God can show up in dreams. Yeah, he can show up in dreams, but the whole purpose of the gospel is that he would use vessels to go out and share the good news of the gospel and not the the twisted and terrible news of the gospel. Um, dang. I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm not trying to get off on a tangent. I just... For some reason, that's on my heart to say. That's on my heart to say. And so I, I really hope that you guys start um, going in and digging deeper. I did preach uh, that for a long time. And when I came to understand the truth, it was really because of the law. I was lawless. And I, when I was teaching those things, in my heart, I was lawless. I didn't really understand the law of God. I didn't really understand what grace was. I didn't understand what forgiveness was. You know, there's two ways to forgive people. The first way that you forgive them is by just canceling out their debts altogether. That's the first way to forgive them. The second way to forgive them is that they work off their debt until it's all paid off. Do you guys understand that that there's two ways uh, to forgive a person in the Bible? Um, you know, we go we go back to Matthew chapter seven verse twenty one. I, I think it's seven twenty one. I could be completely wrong about that. But you know, you guys know what I'm talking about when he says, "Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God." Uh, but those who do the will of my Father in heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Um, uh, for many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not do all these things in your name, cast out demons, uh, heal the sick, these types of things. And he says to me, depart from you, uh, depart from me, you who work lawlessness. I never knew you. Many people, when they quote that, they miss lawlessness. They miss lawlessness. Some people actually remove it completely from every, I mean, ask anybody when they would, you could ask anybody to quote that, and I guarantee you they will remove lawlessness from it 100%. You who work lawlessness. Okay, so there's people who work lawlessness. Well, see, brother, that's talking about you working your way to salvation. That's talking about you uh, working to, to be saved. So you can't work to be saved. It's only through Jesus. You don't think these people knew that it's only through Jesus? You don't think these people, they were calling him Lord, guys. They were doing mighty works under the, under the Holy Spirit, works of the Holy Spirit. They were healing people, casting out demons. And he, Jesus says, I don't know you, though. Why? Because they were working lawlessness. It doesn't matter what you profess. It doesn't matter if you think you're following Jesus. What matters is, are you being obedient to his commandments? 
And so we have twisted that to make it seem like it's a work-based salvation. They're not trying to get saved, guys. These people are already saved. They already are saved. They are lawless in their hearts, though. They have not submitted to Christ in them. They have not learned obedience. They have not learned from Christ himself. You guys understand what I'm saying? And there are people who are out there. Like people either, uh, in the fundamentalist perspective, people make a, 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 a blank line. They just draw a line straight down the middle. And that line is uh, either you are saved and you do righteous things or you're not saved and you don't do righteous things. Let me tell you something. If we take a look at the uh, if we take a look at the Israelites, you will see and you will recognize this is why we have to take a look at the past and we have to see them for what they actually are. If you take a look at the Israelites, they were saved from Egypt. They were saved by faith in the blood, Passover. They were saved, guys, but not all of them inherited the kingdom of Canaan. They didn't they did not make it into the kingdom. Why? Because they did not obey the voice of God at the mountain. They said that they would, but they did not. Why? Forty days later, Moses comes down from the mountain, or he goes up on the mountain. They are worshiping a golden calf. They said that they would do something, then they broke their covenant. That was the old covenant. I hope you guys are understanding this. Just because... A person uh, is lawless or they're not being obedient does not mean they're not saved. That we gotta we gotta really put that up on the on the on the back burner. Um, and matter of fact, I don't want to put it on the back burner. I think we want to put it on the shelf. One of those, uh, one of those I, I think works for this. I think we're gonna put it on the shelf for right now. Um, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, so these people were saved, guys. Uh, the scriptures say that this is a, a trustworthy saying, worthy of full assurance. Here's a, here's a trustworthy saying, that he is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. So my audience, whoever's listening, God is going to save the world. He already has done it. On the seventh day, he rested in the very beginning from all of his works. History is just catching up to what God has already done. He saves everyone, all people, all humanity, the whole world that has become corrupted. He does it. He does it. He saves everybody. He is a God of the impossible. If you cannot believe that, then just believe that God is can God justifies the ungodly. We believe and trust in the one who in in the one who justifies the ungodly. And he does it. He does do that. Dang. This episode just passed me by. Sorry about that, guys. I thought we were gonna get into the wilderness a little bit. Turns out <laughs> we're not gonna be able to do that. Um, but, uh, with that being said, I think we'll, I think we'll probably get on this at some point in time. I don't know, maybe tomorrow, but I, I, I don't know why that was on my heart today. See, you know, sometimes I have some plan and then the Holy Spirit wants to take me in a different direction. So 
that's the direction that we went into, and that's the direction that I'm going to stay in. Blessing to you guys and peace from God our Father. I hope that uh, you guys can join me on my next episode when we talk about actually the uh, the, the wilderness in a deeper way. <laughs> uh, blessing to you guys. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. I feel like I'm on a phone conversation. I'm not on phone conversation. I'm on a phone conversation.